You can tell by the indicator light. No, you can't. (laughs) You would think. You would think that would make sense for a microphone. Part of me wants to, like, open up the microphone and just disable the indicator light. (laughs) I mean, there's... I mean, if you were like extra good at soldering, you could probably like cut this, cut it in uh-huh. such a way as that like it actually functions the way an indicator light should. Right. Where the circuit is closed. Yeah, if I bet. The switch is pushed to the off position. Yeah. I've always wanted to like go, you know, I have like speakers and an EQ and mm-hmm. like my Apple TV and stuff. Yeah. And by my television, I always wanted to go and just like cut whatever little cable makes those lights turn on, but I don't have the skill to like just get some electrical tape but that doesn't but that one that's ugly and it doesn't completely work like it doesn't completely black it out there's got to be a a tape out there that would probably but then it's ugly and i don't get one with like hello kitty on it it'll be fine okay (laughs) (laughs) i like how my setup looks and i want it to look nice and pretty like it does now i just don't want those stupid lights but I'm afraid, I'm terrified to open up my like fancy speakers yeah, and cut a cable. I wouldn't do that. I did uh, as a child like damage my father's very nice speakers. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, because like like yours, um, they were they were open, so you could see the actual speaker. Yeah, there's not like a, a mesh or yeah. like a grill. Uh, well, there it. was a mesh on them originally. He took it off to because to make it look cooler. Because you know, I think this is something my dad had in college. Yeah, because it looks pretty cool. Uh, and I, as a kid, thought it looked cool, and so I poked it mm. and like put indentations into the actual speaker <laughs> oh, mechanism. No. Yeah, I didn't even know I like. Like, I don't even think my dad got mad at me. Like, he probably got mad, but like, I was too yeah. young to even like remember it like i only know this story because i've been told it right you it's not something you could have known to not do yeah Yeah. um i when i was very young and i feel like i mean i was probably six or seven Mm -hmm. which i feel like is old enough to know that water is bad for electronics okay but apparently i didn't Mm -hmm. because i was outside playing with some neighborhood friends with their remote control car cool and it was like a cool remote control car. Yeah, remote control cars are cool. And we, yeah, and we got it real muddy and gross. Yeah. And someone was like, Jesse, can you clean this off? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, of course I can clean it off. I know how to clean stuff. <laughs> uh, so I just ran it underwater in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> I completely That'll destroyed do it. it. <laughs> just completely destroyed, like a nice remote control car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of similar, although not as destructive, <laughs> Uh, I turned off the phone for my house for a couple days <laughs> by accident. Uh, so I had, as a young child, you know, eight or nine, uh-huh. um, a rotary phone, like an old school rotary phone in my bedroom because I thought that was cool. And I also like to take things apart. Yeah. And so I, I was fiddling with it and, you know, taking out some pieces, you know, unscrewed the stuff and, and was like fiddling with it. Um, while it was still plugged into the phone line. Oh. And so basically the phone was off the hook. Um, but to the point that, like, it was off the hook long enough that if you picked up another phone, you just heard dead air. Huh. Uh, and this was before the world of cell phones. So, like, not having your phone. And, and 
we didn't, I guess, make a number of outgoing calls in this period of time, but we found that our phone died when somebody came to our house to tell us they couldn't reach us by phone for the last couple days. That sounds like so far in the ancient <laughs> past that something like that could happen. Uh, but that, that's how we found out. And wow. and, I, and it was sort of like, well, that's weird. And we would pick up the phone. We couldn't hear anything. There wasn't a dial tone. Huh. Uh, and we realized eventually that it was, oh, because Kevin was screwing around with his phone. And it's been off the hook for a couple hours. Days. Yeah. That's really funny. Good yeah. job. I thought that was uh, kind of cool. So you you just like moved the, the cable the wrong way and it like acted as if it was off the hook even though it was well I mean it was normally. it was in pieces like I had, oh, I had you taken had complete... apart like various components inside of it oh and never put it back together yeah oh I did put it back together afterwards the phone worked after that oh okay like I took it apart to figure out like what the different parts were and things like that uh-huh. and in that process because it was still plugged into the phone line it was off the hook. And fixing it involved putting the phone back together or unplugging the phone, which I think I also did. Right. But it continued to work even after I put it back together. Like I was not destructive in that sort of sense. Oh, okay. Uh, I really enjoyed taking things apart as mm-hmm. a child. Like that's, it's tons of fun to do. Yeah. Uh, but I usually did it. It ended up like I start, I would start very carefully, mm-hmm. you know, like carefully place the screw so I know where the screw yeah. goes and then like lay out the pieces. But then by the end, I'm like, you know, there's no screw to take off like this piece of the VCR, so I'm just gonna <laughs> like break it off, and I would end up destroying things. But it was always like uh, things we weren't using anymore. Oh, I definitely put like coins in a tape deck. <laughs> that <laughs> like, happened, like a tape deck that people still wanted to like use. in a car. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think I, we got it fixed. I don't remember. I usually only did it with things that were being discarded. Yeah. Like we got a DVD player and got rid of our VCR. So I like got to take the VCR apart. Yeah. And I would just spend an hour just finding every last little piece <laughs> that could be removed <laughs> until I had a thousand pieces of a VCR. It was less careful. Like I was maybe careful in distracting things, but not careful in thinking about the context. <laughs> right. <laughs> like maybe this affects the... Uh, home's phone system yeah in a dangerous way oh there is the time uh i electrocuted myself when trying to pull an april fool's joke please tell me about uh, that minorly i came out mostly okay as far as i can tell <laughs> you don't have any like lightning bolt scars anywhere not that i know of yeah um, no superpowers so there's that uh, but i was big into pranks and not like pranks like exist in the sort of YouTube era where like I piss somebody off and go ha, 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 prank. Right. Um, but sort of like minor things that were like unusual. Like uh, my favorite, I think still to this day, prank was flipping up everything in the kitchen upside down. Classic, so like yeah. everything in all the cabinets, everything in the pantry, like everything I could find was flipped upside down. Like without anyone in your family noticing you doing it? Yeah, I did it like in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. So everybody woke up and all the stuff was flipped out. Or um, this one was, I guess, closer to like the mean stage because it actually had an impact. Um, but just slightly unscrewing every light bulb in the house so they oh. didn't turn on. <laughs> I felt pretty good about that one too. That's good, yeah. Um, but I, I would read like prank ideas on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I saw one that was like switch the wires on a switch so that it goes in the wrong way. So your your top and bottom connector are reversed. So, you know, close and open are different. Mm-hmm. 
And so up is off and down is on. You know, it's a little thing, but it's sort of like not actually harmful, but kind of silly. Make some, yeah, is make something, make someone confused. Then it's funny. Then it's a little inconvenient, but no big deal. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to do that. Uh, I got a screwdriver. I'll take off this plate. Uh, and definitely didn't think about the fact that electricity is going through these things. Mm, a lot of it. Uh, and so like definitely shocked myself. Uh, um, did you like the feeling of being electrocuted? No, I have never enjoyed it. And I've had it happen more than once. I think it feels really cool. <laughs> huh. Um, I used to do it on purpose. <laughs> That's uh, that's weirder. Um, so uh, across the street, like directly across the street from mm-hmm. the ho- house I grew up in, uh, there was a farm, and they had a lot bunch of animals, horses, and cows, and stuff like that. And they had an electric fence around yeah. it. And like I distinctly remember not knowing that it was an electric fence, uh-huh. and just like walking around and just putting my hand on it for yeah. a second, and it shocked me. And it, yes, like it's not really powerful mm-hmm. well and it's 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 a relatively safe amount of electricity right it's it's very safe uh, yeah. but you you definitely feel it like yes. it hits you and it like it like moves you a little bit yeah. but it, it, it's very safe because it's you know it just needs to keep the animals from trying it's not, yes you don't want to injure your animals right. that doesn't that doesn't help uh but like that i did that and i was like whoa that was awesome and i remember like every once in a while i'd be and it's like a little scary yeah it's not it doesn't feel it doesn't hurt but you know it's bad yeah it's it's weird but like i kept wanting to try it so i I remember like a couple times like i would go and i'd like like get my hand a little closer and pull away and be like "Ooh, i'm gonna touch it and then eventually i'd like touch and be like ah yeah but i i don't know it feels pretty cool yeah i got shocked um by a uh headset uh so in i I was stage managing a show in high school Mm -hmm. and we had these wired headsets so crew could talk to each other and there was a a box that you'd push to talk and things like that and the the headset would actually plug into Mm -hmm. that electrocuted me once in the middle of a show that's uh, a little it was very weird like my arm went numb Ooh, that's bad yeah i was okay like again i've survived Right. Uh, but I was real mad about that headset. Because <laughs> you're like in the middle of a bunch of stuff and you yeah. don't want to deal with maybe like dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Electricity is a weird experience to put into your body. Yeah. I always think of, um, I'm sure it was very unrealistic, but in the original Jurassic Park when the kid uh, is. Oh yeah. Hits the, hits the fence. Climbing the fence and then they, it turns on and he gets zapped like 50 feet yeah. backwards and somehow doesn't die my favorite blooper related to that scene um is in one of the shots from that you can see the end of the fence oh really yeah like where like it's clearly just like 12 feet of fence that they have set up for the shot and you can see where it stops <laughs> and you're like oh you could just go around you, you can see that in the finished film yes that's in the film Ooh, i never noticed that yeah i i saw it pointed out somewhere but i thought it was really funny <laughs> that's great <laughs> It's like there's the end of the fence. You could just just walk around. Like I'd I'd always be curious to know what like like because of my experience with that like electric fence yeah. at my old house. I want to know what like the maximum amount of non-lethal electricity feels like. I'd be curious. <laughs> like if you could guarantee that I won't be hurt. Yeah. Like it can it can I can feel some pain. Yeah. But I won't be damaged and I won't die. 
I'd want to know what that feels like. I bet that feels really cool. That's fair. Uh, in uh, the White Rabbit Project, which mm-hmm. I don't I, have you watched it all. I haven't watched it, but it's the uh, it's the the build team. Yeah, from the build team for MythBusters, and it's okay. That's it's what not, I expected. It's it's not MythBusters 2.0, which is what I would want. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different sort of thing. Yeah, and it's fine for what it is, I guess. But it, I like I I watched three or four episodes, and I don't know that I'm going to finish. Yeah. Because they don't really do a lot of building. Like, they're not being the build team. They're just, like, hosts. Is it? Is it just, like, they blow stuff up? No, it's not okay. even that cool. Okay. Um, so the premise of it is they look at, for example, uh, six different things, like, within a category, and then rank them. Uh, so in the first episode was superpowers. And it's like, how close can we get to having six, you know, these six different superpowers? And they hmm. look at, like... Mind control, flight, electricity control, freeze ray, and a couple others. Yeah, that's neat. And it's and it's kind of neat, but they don't actually like do it. They go like find people who are experts in this. And they find a guy who basically built a jetpack and like flies around with it. And they hmm. talk to him about it and they see videos of him doing it, but they don't get to try it themselves. But they don't like I distinctly remember an episode of Mythbusters where they build a jetpack yeah or they build a, a fan jetpack yeah and and they don't specific and so and they've actually said this in an interview like they want to do more building if it gets made into a season two mm. rather than sort of this hosting thing and they do some building and they do some experimentation um for the mind control portion they uh they show they talk to an expert who does um how to do electric stimulation of muscles Ooh, yeah where with the right electro stimulation you can make a muscle pull yeah which is how all muscles work they pull and release that's muscles Congrats. right you've gone to you know science that's everything you need to know about muscles folks yeah. what they do and what they've you know figured out how to do at least in the case of this is read a muscle signal like put a sensor on your on your arm for example and read what the electrical signals look like when you bend your arm mm-hmm and then they can then replicate that in somebody else by sending that identical pulse through their arm, thus making them move their arm when you move your arm. That's so weird. It's very weird. The idea of just sitting there and not telling my arm to bend and watching my arm bend yeah. freaks me and out. It's, it's not real precise. It's, it's kind of flaily. Um, but they show it off by having um, Tori and Carrie have a fancy dinner at a <laughs> fake fancy restaurant where they're hooked up to these things. Uh-huh. And Carrie is in control and Tori has all these electrodes hooked up to him and doesn't actually know what's going to happen. <laughs> and so the, she's like, oh, did you pour me some wine? And she like flexes her arm and his arm jerks <laughs> uncontrollably. <laughs> oh, that's pretty And funny. so she's just like screwing with him. And that was fun and kind of cute and interesting and like very Mythbusters-y. Yeah. Um, but then there was the electricity one, which is where it, what made me think of this, mm-hmm. like electricity control. They like go talk to guys who do um, electricity show using a Faraday suit, mm-hmm. which is like just a full body chainmail suit where you can like point at things and whatever. Right. Um, but they don't build anything. They just go find these people, and then Tori puts on the suit and is like, "Hey, look at them doing the thing." Right. Um, so there's very like they're using other experts more so than trying to figure out how these things would work. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is fine, but um, there was a hole in his Faraday suit, and so he got a shotgun in his hand real bad. Oh, <laughs> like they turned it on, and he was like, ow, 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 ow. 
Yikes. Yeah. Um, and so they had to switch because he was holding an electricity wand that would like shoot the electricity into things. So they had to switch hands because that's where the electricity was going through. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of his right hand, it had to be his left hand. So he didn't electrocute himself. I'd, I'd love an electricity wand. Yeah. It was, it was kind of neat. It was, it was neat to see. It's funny uh, that we're talking about this because I was talking about this with someone recently. Um, the Museum of Science in Boston okay. has uh, an amazing electricity show that oh. they do. Um, they have the two largest Van de Graaff generators in the world. Those those uh, things with the silver ball on top of a stick? Yeah, it's a big like tower. I mean, you can make them very small. It's like yeah. a cylinder in a, in a ball... A metal ball More on of a top. Toroid? Taurus? Sure. Maybe. I don't know. Donutty? Like a fat donut? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. And it shoots electric bolts yeah. out of it. Yeah. Um and Makes they your have hair stand up. Yeah. And they have two of them that are 60, 70 feet tall. Oh wow. That's yeah. real big. They're ma- like it's you're you go into this auditorium and these things fill the center of this auditorium. Oh wow. And uh, there's a giant Faraday cage surrounding the stage, mm-hmm. and um, and someone goes and they they do they do this whole show when they control the electricity and yeah. it d- does these lightning bolts at the Faraday cage and you're sitting like in on the other side stadium of seating yeah. on the other side of this and it's like lightning bolts are shooting at you and it's incredibly loud because these are massive oh yeah massive arcs and then the coolest thing and I'm. Like, I never got to do this, and I never will because I'm an adult now, and they usually only do children. Oh, man. But there's a smaller person-sized Faraday cage uh-huh. that you can go inside of, and then they raise it up, like, right next to the <laughs> Van de Graaff generator. So, like, you, and it, it goes up on this, like, telescoping yeah. thing, and you're, like, a 10, 20 feet away from the Van de Graaff generator. As like, it's arcing. 20 and... feet in the air, and it's zapping the cage right around you. And then you can put your hands... On the inside of the Faraday cage. On the inside <laughs> of the, the metal bars that make up the cage. Yeah. While lightning is, like, essentially hitting, hitting your you. hands, yeah. like, an inch away from your hands, that would most definitely kill you immediately yeah but yeah it, and it's the coolest Science. thing and it, it's it's like bright and loud and extravagant yeah. and stuff but and they always pick like some kid from the audience to go in and it, it's a good time probably but, planned yeah maybe no one time my friend did it because it was because <laughs> it was his birthday and he got to go inside that's cool um it's my birthday next week i'm very excited it is your birthday next week and you're going to pax i'm so excited yeah you're gonna go see uh I'm so hype the movies with Mikey panel? I really want to go see the movies with Mikey panel. That's on my top of my list. Nice. Uh, there's, there's a couple panels I ha- like have to go to. Mm-hmm. That one, the Automata panel. Automata is a um, movie slash series that got kickstarted based on a comic strip that the Penny Arcade guys wrote. Okay. <laughs> That's quite um, the chain. It is. <laughs> it's set in like Prohibition era New York, except... Instead of um, booze being outlawed, it is artificial intelligences. Ooh, that's neat. And so the two main characters are a detective and his quote-unquote legal adding machine, uh, <laughs> who's a robot named Carl, who's a fully autonomous intelligence, mm. but uh, doesn't, isn't legally allowed to exist um, as an independent person. And so it's in this sort of like not like cyber noir punky sort of space. Yeah. Um, the comic strip is really good, and 
they made a movie based on it hmm. um, that was kickstarted. Was it? It's a series of like five episodes that make up a full story. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do an automata panel at Kickstarter where they show some footage, uh, stuff in progress. It's all very exciting. That's awesome. What else so, are you going to do? Uh, the Make a Strip panels. That's watching Mike and Jerry from Penny Arcade write a strip live on stage. Ooh. Uh, so they, they write it usually. They, often they have it pre-written, although sometimes they have like just written it right there. Yeah. And then uh, Mike draws it like live, on usually on like a surface, because uh-huh. uh, he loves drawing on a surface portably. It's a really good experience. Hmm. Uh, Microsoft actually brought him in a few times before the Surface 3 came out to like get his feedback. I think he was one of the people involved in... Uh, like pre-testing for the the their like desktop yes the studio yeah yeah because yeah. i remember i remember seeing like he had a lot of like on release like reaction and, and oh, yeah. thoughts on yeah. it about like it's he, he thinks it's like the most amazing thing yeah ever. and they've they don't like pay him to say these things like it's, he's yeah. just he's like i just really love it for this for this purpose yeah that's cool uh, he plays games on it and stuff too but um so he'll draw it there and they use and they'll do q a the whole time so the whole time jerry is pulling questions out of a hat and answering them on stage that are all submitted by people yeah uh, ahead of time and last year one of my questions got answered no way super excited well Well, sort of um (laughs) my question was jodhpurs or chaps aren't 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 jodhpurs a kind of boot no they're, they're they're a writing pant oh I think they're also a kind of boot. It might be. Um, and they looked at it and went, uh, I don't know what these are. <laughs> is there something I'm, is this a reference to no, something Penny No, it was not related? at all. It was just, that was, I thought it would be a funny question. Uh, yeah. Um, and it was, and their answer was, what's a horse? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what are these? And someone's like, it's about horses. And they're like, what's a horse? And then they moved on. That's a pretty good answer. Uh, but I, I enjoyed that moment uh, because it's, I mean, it's all extemporaneous. Like they're, they don't have a script or a thing. They're, yeah. they're just picking questions out of a hat. That's really funny. <laughs> What's uh, a horse? And so I, I want to go to that, the, the movies with Mikey and then the, the automata panel are my big panels I want to go to. Yeah. Um, and then really like play 30 games. Like I think that's. You're going to do it? I think I'm going to try. Yeah. Like no guarantee, um, but I'm going to get down there Thursday night um and i'm gonna stay with some people i'm like let's play some games tonight so we're gonna mm-hmm. play one or two like at least you know get ahead of the curve yeah and then play through sunday evening and i think i can do it hmm um and like i'll bring games with me last year i brought over a dozen games in my backpack that you just like little tiny games that i had with me so someone's like hey let's play a game i'm like yes let's i've got all of them and so people are like oh kevin i want to play something let me let me grab hive or yeah various games because i just really Games I mean, are this fun. Is just, the, the games are fun, and this is just like uh, a thing about me. Like not just playing games, but when I travel, I pack like underwear and shirts and games <laughs> <laughs> and books. Like hmm. it. That's like it's like I I sit and I think and like oh what should I bring like wh- who am I going to be interacting with like and ninety percent of the time I don't play anything like it doesn't come up and I don't want to force it uh-huh. but I always want to be ready. So you're, yeah, if, if a situation could ever call for a game, mm-hmm. you're going to have a game available for yeah. it. I have one in my car right now. Like <laughs> I have, I have one in my wallet right now for that matter. Oh my God. What, what kind of game is in your wallet? Uh, well, there's, there's two, uh, if we're oh, being okay. honest, uh, one of them is more of a game than the other. Um, one of them is called coin age and it fits in this little, little packet uh-huh. and it's an area control game. So there's a map here on the back and you use loose change to play it. 
uh, the rules fit inside like that. Wow, this is a credit card sized piece of paper with yeah. a map on one side. Um, and then my smaller game um, that is is only loosely defined as a game, but is is fun regardless. I swear to God, if you pull out a Cards Against Humanity card. <laughs> <laughs> that would not ever happen. Um, is called Win, Lose, or Banana. All right. This and is there are three cards. Three small little Yeah, it's like I took a, a, a you know, three by five index card and cut it into smaller cards. Mm-hmm. And they say Win, Lose, or Banana. And the way you play Win, Lose, Banana is you shuffle up these three cards mm-hmm. and you each choose one. And if you in a two-player game, it's very simple. If you get the win card, you win. If you get the lose card, you lose. And if you get the banana card, you're a banana. Okay. So we can play this live right here. Go All ahead right, and let's pick do a it. card. Uh, I got banana. Ooh, I win. Congrats. And that's it? That's win, lose, or banana. What happens if you're a banana? Uh, nothing. You didn't win. Now, there's an advanced rules to win, lose, or banana that's better to be... You have to play with three people. Okay. Uh, so you mix up the cards and you... each but Each person gets a card. And the person who gets the win card announces that they have the win card and that they have won. Mm-hmm. And then the two other people have to convince the winner that they have the banana card. Ah. And so the winner has to then choose who has the banana card. And if they choose correctly, they and the banana win. If they choose incorrectly, the loser wins. Hmm. And you can just... Keep repeating that and tally up scores, or or or, or I mean, you just it play it once because it's a joke and it's it's just <clears throat> redundant. When, sorry, when do you eat the banana? <laughs> you, you don't eat the banana. And how do you fit a banana in your wallet? I'm I'm just not. I'm you sorry, have to I, fold it. I'm not following. Uh, that reminds me of an old scout uh, campfire sketch you would do. <laughs> it's a dumb little sketch you do. Uh, two people on stage pretending to talk on the phone. Um, one says, I mean, I'm going to teach you how to, uh, make a hat out of a bandana. And so he's folding a bandana and telling you step by step, but the other person heard banana. (laughs) And so he's got a banana in front of him (laughs) and he's trying to do all of these steps and he's the end and go, then once you've done, you just put it on your head. And so then he puts a a mangled banana (laughs) on his head. Like that's, that's the joke. That's really stupid. (laughs) It's good. It's a very Boy Scout campfire sketch. Yeah, that is. That's pretty good. Um, so I'll have to say, I'm I'm definitely like planning on which games I'm going to bring. I've got new ones. Mm-hmm. I've got a game called Tack, which is a very good two-player game that you don't need a board for. You can just play in any like flat space. I'm super, super duper hype. Um, what uh, what else are you excited about to do at PAX? Any other things you're interested in seeing? Um, the Nintendo Switch will be there. It's actually the <gasps> first public uh place to see the nintendo switch no way yeah uh, i don't know that i'm going to try really hard to see it because the lines are going to be outrageous i'm sure that will be like one of the main attractions yeah yeah well because pax south unlike pax west or pax east pax australia doesn't really get a lot as much um does not have a huge AAA game presence like microsoft's not there sony's not there these big game companies aren't there it's a lot of indie smaller games okay but this will be the second time Nintendo has showed up. The first time was PAX, the first PAX South, where they premiered um, Majora's Mask for the DS, or oh, the 3DS. Wow, that was yeah. the first time it was available to be seen or played or anything. And so this year, they've announced that they're going to be pre- premiering for the first time the, the Switch, which is really cool. So you can, you, you'll be able to like get your hands on it and play, and play with it. it. Yeah, if you stand in line for a few hours. All day, probably. 
If you get in line first thing in the morning, you'll probably only have to stand there a few hours. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Um, I know Nintendo. I think was it last night or two nights ago? They had a whole mm-hmm. a whole thing, and yeah. I didn't really watch it. I just saw like some people freaking out about it on Twitter about how excited they were. Yeah, but it, I mean, it looks like the best Nintendo console ever. Yeah, like I'm like I'm probably not going to buy it uh, because I don't really buy consoles anymore. Right, neither do I. Like I, I can be in, intrigued by it, but. I don't own any. Consoles. If I was going to buy a console, it would probably be the Switch. Really? Yeah. Um, the portability of it is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that I can just take it with me to somewhere else. Like the console is the system. Yeah. And is portable like and the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can drop it into the dock and it's connected to my TV and I can just play it from the couch. Or not. Right. It's like, not. It's not like uh, having a. N64 and a Game Boy, like uh-huh. where you can maybe play some of the same games or like the same kind of games, but like they're yeah. two very different things. Yeah. Like it's one thing, and you can just use it with your TV or use it, yeah, like on the bus. Or, or the idea train. of like being able to go to a friend's house with their Switch and like play together. I mean, it is honestly like if it was coming out before PAX, I would buy it just to take to PAX. <laughs> really. Yeah, because it's it's kind of the ultimate thing that it's the take ultimate to a place con like that. system. Yeah, you're right. Because it's you can play it in line. You can get a group of people together at random. Like, hey, pull out your switch and we'll play Mario Kart. Like, yeah, you can do all of that very socially and very easily. Yeah, uh, which is what I use my DS for now. I have a 3DS and I use it at cons ninety percent of the time. Like, I I play with random strangers and things like that. Yeah, but being able to do that with like a current gen system would be amazing yeah it it's so it's so nintendo oh absolutely the whole the whole like ethos of it the yeah the sharing and the socialness and the um like weird control style and portability you know it's it it has nintendo's inventiveness yes behind it absolutely like you know what's the what are the current consoles uh Uh, ps4 ps4 and xbox one like or X-Bone, as X-Bone, a lot of people yeah. call it. Like they're great consoles, mm-hmm. but when you compare them to what Nintendo does, like they're almost boring. Well, they're almost identical. Like they're just powerful I, computers. I can't. That, dis- I couldn't tell you the difference between an Xbox and a PS4. I mean, I'm sure there's some small technical differences that certain yeah. people think are extraordinarily important. Yes, but for the most part, they're just powerful computers that play most of the same games. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you know, I know Xbox gets. Like Halo exclusively, yeah. but and PlayStation gets its own exclusives, but yeah. That, but for the most it. part, yeah, it's whereas Nintendo is like, might as well. I think this was really smart of them. Like they're not even, they're not competing in that world. Yeah, they're not competing in the in the console market anymore. They're competing. I mean, they're not competing. They're creating their own console market. Yeah. They're like sub console market. They're doing their thing. Yeah. Well, and as someone pointed out, like. Straight white gamers are not the growth market in video games. Yeah. The growth market in video games is everybody else. Who doesn't already play video games. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a growth market. That's that's new customers. And that was exactly why the Wii was so successful. Yeah. Because most of the people, well, I don't know if most people who bought it, but. A lot of additional people bought it that were not the quote-unquote gamer demographic. Who would never have bought a PlayStation or an mm-hmm. Xbox. Yeah. And who probably wouldn't have even bought 
like a 64 or a GameCube because mm-hmm. those were still very just kind of traditional consoles. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I know the Switch. I'm very, I'm very hyped for the Switch. Yeah, like I'm not gonna get it either, but I can be excited about it because I, I like. If I had to like, you know, pick some companies that I like, Nintendo is one of them. Yeah, like I have a lot of affection for Nintendo. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I want, like, I want them to do well. So I'm glad to see them do these really interesting wild things. Yeah. It makes me sad that, like, I think part of the reason why they have to be like weird and kind of create mm-hmm. their own market is because they don't have the technical expertise to create super powerful consoles yeah, well they're a playing card company yeah from 100 years ago <laughs> yeah yeah a very different history than sony and xbox yeah but like this n64 was like on par with the well it was it was better than the ps1 yeah like they were they were a traditional it was a traditional yeah. console and it like what succeeded on performance and, mm-hmm. and all the traditional console things but they just can't do that anymore so they so they pick another thing to yeah, excel. Yeah. Well, I think I think something else that Nintendo does um that Sony and Microsoft don't do is and this is kind of a weird <clears throat> thing but it's tied into this is they make a profit on their consoles. Right. Um you know, when you, the PS3 came out, it was the cheapest Blu-ray player player you could buy because Sony was selling it at probably a 3 to 400 dollar loss, which is crazy i can't imagine how a company works that way well it helps that they're a you know giant company like sony who can take the hit Mm -hmm. who know they're going to make it up in game sales and licensees and things like that but it's it's a very weird thing and microsoft with the xbox is the same way you know those those are you know even when they are brand new they're sold as loss leaders yeah i mean the whole xbox division could work because Microsoft (laughs) Microsoft subsidized it for billions of dollars of R&D yeah with Windows yeah and Nintendo makes Nintendo stuff that's it and so they don't have the benefit let's say of being able to sell their consoles at a loss and people are very like the Wii U costs as much as an Xbox and doesn't do as much I'm like yeah because they're making 50 bucks per console yeah and so they need to innovate in these other ways, in these different spaces mm-hmm. that are really awesome. The other thing Nintendo does that Sony and Microsoft don't do mm-hmm. is uh, make good games. There's that. Like, yeah. other people make some good games for Sony. Yeah. And, or for PlayStation and for Xbox. Yeah. But Nintendo makes their own good games. Nintendo's got that IP, man. Yeah. They got that like, intellectual property. They have, like, the most significant like ip in the world probably like, i mean it's no mickey mouse they have the most significant video game ip i mean it's like okay it's almost disney yeah like there's almost as much affection for mario and sure. pokemon and zelda as there are for me yeah like i don't think people my age care all that much about mickey mouse that's fair but people my age love the hell out of pikachu yeah and zelda and stuff yeah People are very excited about the new Zelda game. I remember seeing a trailer for it a while ago. I haven't seen anything lately, but... No, there was one that just came out like a day or two ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it looks really cool. I I don't like Zelda games. Really? Yeah. That's unpopular. Yeah. Um, I, I played Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. I've played a fair amount of Majora's Mask. And I think it's it's literally the 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 gameplay does not interest me. This sort of dungeon-based, like, find a key, kill a monster, mm. solve a puzzle. Like the puzzle adventure. Yeah, like that 
particular style of gameplay does not particularly I'm not I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. They are good games though. Oh, I sure. They can be good games, yeah. they're just not for me. So yeah. like a new Zelda game comes out and I go, "Oh, is it like all all the other Zelda, Zelda <laughs> games?" Okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is like all the other Zelda games. Yeah, I'm sure. I I actually haven't played many Zelda games either cuz I'm I'm not much of a vid- of a video gamer. Yes. I had What's my console history? Uh, I had a Sega Genesis. I don't know if Me it was too. like the original Genesis, but I had, a Genesis. I, I had some Sega Genesis. Yeah. Played a lot of uh, some MLB game on it, some hockey game. I played the TMNT game. I had uh, played Sonic. Played a lot of Sonic. Yeah. Um, I was bad at Sonic. I think I might have had a, a Super Nintendo, but I don't remember that very well. I did. I had a 64. My grandpa had some Atari console, yeah. and I remember playing. Atari games with the Atari joystick and That's stuff cool. at my grandpa's house. Um, but that, so I had an N64 and then I had a GameCube as well. Mm-hmm. I really love the N64 and I played a, I yeah. played a ton of Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, Goldeneye. Goldeneye. I played so much Goldeneye. <laughs> and I played a lot of video games at like my friends' houses who had like PS2s and yeah. Xboxes like during that generation. But I'd never, I haven't owned a console since a GameCube. Yeah. I owned I owned a 64, and I owned an Xbox, mm-hmm. and then I owned a Wii, and I still have a Wii. I still have that in my apartment. Do you still use it? No. Yeah. Yeah, that was the last console I owned. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I have I have a DS, and I have a 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've still got a Game Boy Advance hanging around somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, I had a I had a Game Boy Color, and I played. Those are the two Zelda games I played. I played. Uh, which one is it? Um, Link's Awakening mm-hmm. for the Game Boy, yeah, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Really liked that game, and I played Ocarina of Time for the N sixty four. Yeah, um, and they're great games. And yeah, I, like I don't, I don't love them. Like I'm not like into Zelda the way yeah. like some people will, you know, buy every single Zelda game and they obsess yeah. over or it. Get but, Zelda tattoos. Yeah, but like they're they're good games. Yeah, and the mechanic works for me. Um, but now I play games on my phone. I do. I play a lot of games on my phone. That's it. Play games on my computer still. I I play a lot of computer games. I will play. I will play. Sorry, I haven't played. I haven't played Counter Strike in a while, which is probably a good thing. It's not that fun. It's not that fun to just get shot by people who are better <laughs> than you. I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. I really like Overwatch. You play that on a computer or yeah. on a console? Yeah. Oh. Is you can. It, you, it's on both. You can play it on one or the other. Is it available for the Mac? No. I had to do a boot. Yeah, see, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to mess with getting a Windows license. I don't have a Windows license. Well, getting a Windows installation. <laughs> I literally backed up a Windows installation from another computer onto a thumb drive and installed it via that. <laughs> they're, surprisingly, their uh, their copy protection is very uh, low key. Hmm. Um, a little message pops up in the corner of the screen that says, "Please activate this." <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> I remember suffering a lot with Windows activation nonsense in the XP yeah. days. I think they've gotten cooler about it. The I I love playing first person shooters. Yeah, and I love doing it competitively. Yeah, like I played Goldeneye for yeah probably thousands of hours with my friends, mm-hmm. and it's so much fun. Yeah, but it's really fun when everyone is the same skill level as you. Yeah, and it is not fun at all when you're outmatched. Yeah. I would say Overwatch I like um, 
a lot. I play a lot of Overwatch, and I like it because um, a their matchmaking is pretty good. Like I'm typically playing with people who are about the same skill level as I am. Oh, really? Um, I don't play competitively. Like there's competitive and quick play. I don't play competitive uh, because I don't care. Uh huh. Um, but I do a lot of quick play, and there are so many different character types in overwatch that you can find something that you're good at mm. like i'm not a sniper I, I i can't play snipers really I'm bad at snipers like in general or just yes, in overwatch? just in general like i've always been bad team fortress 2 i hated snipers every game hmm. i'm just bad at snipers but i'm really good at healers and so there's like a whole class of of healers that are support classes and they have different ways of doing it um, one of them is you heal just by being near people like that's you have a an aura that gives people health if you're near them and you have other weapons and you can shoot and still do other things while you're doing it. There are characters you don't have to aim for. Uh, you don't have to have precise aiming. There's a character who swings a hammer at people and it's, <laughs> it's these big wide arc and so you don't have to have super precise aiming. Uh-huh. Uh, or there's a guy with an electricity gun that just shoots arcs and hits various people around you. Hmm. So there's a bunch of different play styles that you can get and you can pick three or four characters you like with those play styles and generally stick to them, uh-huh. I don't have to worry about it. That sounds like a very well thought out game. Oh, it is. It is incredibly well thought out. Whereas like if I play, if I log in to play Counter-Strike, uh, everyone is really, really, really good and <laughs> has been playing since they were five. Yeah. Uh, and they're all really mean mm-hmm. and they're just, in, they must, you know, they probably have like, $500 keyboards and mice so that they're yeah. extra good at first person shooters yeah. and they hit you in the head first shot every time. <laughs> yeah, Overwatch is much more fun than that. <laughs> you can get it on console if you wanted to buy a PS or Xbox. But I, I don't want that. Well, then don't. Yeah. I'm happy to play, uh, you know, Threes and Alto's Adventure on my phone. Let's do an ASMR podcast. I don't think I've ever... I know what ASMR is, but I don't think I've ever, like, consumed any ASMR material. Uh, I've done a little bit. So, ASMR is weird. Uh, and and that's all I got. ASMR is weird. I mean, it's supposed to do a very specific thing for certain people. Yes. And what's weird is I have felt... Something akin to what people who have ASMR describe as the the, the head tingles or whatever. Uh-huh. I have felt similar things to that, mm-hmm. but never due to an ASMR. Oh, really? Like video? Yeah. Um, like the the first time I ever remember feeling something like that and and thinking it was just weird and couldn't describe it anything other than like it tickles, was um going to the barber, the hairdresser, and the the buzzer like getting near my ear oh like not touching your head not touching my head just the sound just the sound of the buzzer like near me would cause something that as best i can tell is similar to what the people who describe asmr feelings as your head tingles yeah and it goes down my spine too like it's huh um i don't think i've ever experienced anything like that yeah and and i think most people haven't which is cool i get the appeal like even if you don't experience it, I mm-hmm. get the general appeal of someone talking very quietly and softly and gently to you. Like that does sound kind of nice <laughs> and relaxing. But, yeah. I mean, if it 
causes some actual like physical reaction. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there is zero science on this. This is, which is not to say it's not legitimate, mm-hmm. but it's to say it is very poorly understood at best. Mm. Um, it's a lot of people sort of self-describing and and kind of finding things that are similar to each other, but we have no idea like what, if anything, is going on. Is it like a mental thing? Like, are we causing it to happen by expecting it to happen? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and the name itself is made up. What does ASMR even stand for? Uh, Ooh, let's make something Auto-sensory up. meridian response. Okay. That's, that's at least close to what it is. <laughs> meridian response is definitely the second half, but I think it's auto-sensory meridian response. Um, so you've... Felt that when you you said you went to the barber. Yeah. I was about to ask you, like, but I mean, it, it must have been a very long time ago. Cause yeah, I, I was think, a kid. I don't think you've been to a barber lately. Uh, I went, I, I got a trim six months ago. Oh, really? Maybe For less. your hair or for your beard? Uh, last time I got my hair trimmed was in April. Oh. Last time I got my beard trimmed was maybe two months ago, two or three months ago. Hmm. Kevin's hair and beard are very long. Yes. If you follow me on Instagram, you, I posted a selfie recently of like my hair because I realized when I, I can't, my arms are not long enough to take a selfie where you can see all of like the end of my hair yeah. if I have it pulled in front. Um, I went to the barber just a couple days ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm really bad at going to the barber. M- me too. Um, I mean, but like you, <laughs> you cultivate it into a thing where you have long hair and a ponytail and a long beard. Yes. I uh, just start to get the appearance where someone should be worried about me. <laughs> like I, I let my hair cause like I just got a haircut and it's like, it's just relatively short. It's a very standard, just kind of mm-hmm. short haircut. And little... I, I want to look like every other guy who walks out of yeah. here. I just got brown hair. That's parted to the side a little bit. Yeah. Um, but after almost three months of not getting my haircut, I have a giant, just thick mat of wavy hair on top mm-hmm. of my head that goes in all directions and is untamable and people probably think something is wrong with me. I mean, I saw you like two weeks ago and I don't notice any difference. It's a lot of hair. And so like every time I go to the barber, they're like, when was the last time you got your hair cut? <laughs> and, and, the, and when, so uh, the very first thing the, yeah. the woman did, she takes clippers and she's going at the, the back of my head mm-hmm. and the clippers almost stopped. <laughs> you can hear him kind of start to seize. Yeah, because like, she went like, she was going in like real yeah, quick. Yeah, but your hair was too thick. My hair was too thick. There was too much of it and she had to pull it out and try again. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh. Yeah, and they always comment on like how thick my hair is and how much hair I have. Um, I got a blowout a few months ago. That was really fun. Really? Yeah. Was that like a pleasant experience? Yeah, it was a thing I got at work because my job's awesome. <laughs> and someone came to give blowouts we had like job. we had like four people doing blowouts we had a barber doing straight razor shaves um i think you could get yeah we, we could chair massages i got a chair massage that day too i hate the technology industry <laughs> i mean that's fair that's <laughs> that's totally fair um but i signed up for it and i went in and I, you know put my name down and like you're gonna get a blow i'm like absolutely and they, they were all very excited because it was a lot of like hairdressers mm-hmm. and i'm a big dude with really long hair who typically and, does not do things like that yeah. well, or who, I mean, who, who who doesn't appear to do something yeah like and that. they're yeah. not used to people yes. like you doing that i like i had no qualms about going in and getting a blowout like, yeah, i'd give it fun. a try that sounds yeah. like a good time yeah it was fun i got uh beach waves is what they put in Ooh, uh, it looks pretty good <laughs> my people complimented me um so i 
I get very nervous about going to the barber. Yeah. Part of it is because I always feel bad to like go to the barber after I haven't been in so long. <laughs> and I know I'm like giving them a difficult haircut. Yeah. Um, but the other part is I hate making small talk for 20 minutes. Yeah. I and feel you. It's very uncomfortable. But this last time, this barber, she was so good. She like a picked up on my whole vibe immediately and just didn't talk like we sat down she was like what do you want i was like just give me a two on the sides a little bit longer on top i parted to the side and she's like okay and she started and we didn't say a word the whole time that's great and it was so nice at the end she asked me she was like is everything okay i was like yeah this looks great thank you that was the end (laughs) shook her hand like and i've been to the barber and they try to just like they try and they try and yeah. they try to talk to me and I don't want to. I just want to sit there because I, the experience of getting my haircut is very pleasant. Like mm-hmm. I like, I like the buzzers. I like the, the scissors. Like it's just a yeah. nice experience. It feels like you're being taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you try to like make conversation with me the entire time, it, I get so nervous. <laughs> Social anxiety of having to like talk to people. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's just, I don't like, I just want it's an opportunity for me to go and sit down and be quiet. <laughs> and they rob me of that when they yeah. want to have a conversation. I have a weird experience like that with um, ride shares or Uber sort of things. I don't use Uber because they don't exist here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I figured out what my problem is, mm-hmm. which is that I keep getting in the front seat. Oh, are you, yeah. You're not supposed to do that. I don't think. You're not? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I've, I've done it a few times, and I've got in the front seat, and if I get in the back seat, and I just don't, like, I pull up my phone, like, we're cool, nobody talks. Uh-huh. But if I've sat in the front seat, like, there's this, like, impetus that we have to talk to each other for some reason. Interesting. Um, and I hate it. I hate the whole time that I'm having these conversations. This conversation is usually about, like, traffic in Austin. Right. The airport. The weather. Like all of these like such banal topics that I don't care about. But imagine being the driver. Do they, they can't enjoy having the same exact small talk conversations I would hope every not. single time. I don't know. My favorite my favorite recent trip in a in a one of these was um I got in the car, I got in the back. It was also night. Um I'd been at a company party and so I'd had a few beers. Mm-hmm. I got in the back and he had his phone with the map up there where you, you get in the direction. I said, this is where I'm going. He's mm-hmm. like, great. Does this route work? And I'm like, yeah, cool. And he had a second phone below that that was displaying a series of rotating text. So it was like scrolling through like an old news ticker. Huh. Um, and it said a number of things. Um, I'm not going to remember any of them, but like, one was like, we have to be nice to each other. Like, the world needs everybody to be nice. Which is like nice platitudes. Yeah. One of them was like, the driver knows what he's doing. Please don't tell him what to do. <laughs> um, one of them's let me know if we have any questions, but I'd rather focus on driving. Like, Interesting. And it was sort of like this just, just strolling. I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. I love it. That's the driver it, telling you that he's not interested in having a dumb, banal conversation if you're yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. I really appreciated that and definitely gave him five stars. Nice. Uh, my most recent rideshare experience was the night of the election. Because mm. I uh, I spent election day downtown yeah. uh, observing things, just kind of like being in the city, which, mm-hmm. was really, which was really, really fun. And then I went to the Democratic 
the Travis County Democratic Party's election party. Yeah. Uh, which was awesome until and it was immediately turned into the worst place in the world to be. Yeah. But I stayed until 2 a.m. or whatever oh, until wow. until it was too late. Until Hil- Hillary's person came out and was like, Hillary's not going to give a speech tonight. Like, everyone go home. Yeah. I stayed until then. And then I went, got a slice of pizza, and then called a ride. Yeah. And I called the ride and sat in the back. And it was like, you know, two something in the morning. And mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. And I just want to go to bed. And then the driver won't shut up about how excited <laughs> he is to have Trump as the president. Uh, uh, and it was uh, so painful. Because, like, I had just been in a room full of hundreds of people, like, crying. Just and just yeah. distraught. Yeah. And then this guy was like, yeah, I'm excited about Trump. Read the room. And a, yeah. And I had, like, a... Yeah, you just picked me up outside the Democratic <laughs> Party launch uh, election party. You might, you know, might have realized you yeah. don't, you shouldn't be talking to me about that. And I just wanted to shut up and like and get just to go bed. Home. Yeah. yeah, and it was like a twenty minute ride. That's rough. Yeah. Um. Actually, you know what? My the other bad taxi experience was also political discussion related. I was in Montreal. Yeah. And got a taxi. And. This guy was just like a complete asshole. Hmm. Like we were in Montreal, Canada. Yeah, it's a nice place. Not the United States. Yeah. And this guy for 10 minutes wouldn't shut up about how much he hated Obama. Really? Yeah. And like how, you know, how he's not, he's Kenyan and he's not actually American. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this was years ago, but just all the classic like nonsense garbage about how Obama is bad. Yeah. And he's secretly a Muslim and blah, blah, blah. And his taxi driver wouldn't shut up. So I didn't tip him. Oh, wow. Yeah, not at all. I felt a little bad, but like, come on. Yeah. R- read your I'm, audience. I'm bad at tipping. Like, not like that I don't do it, but that I never know how to do it effectively. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know okay, you're supposed to tip your barber, you're supposed to tip your driver, but I never know, like, the amount. Mm. And so I'm always just kind of guessing and hoping I don't piss them off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am unskilled at tipping but i'm sure i'm good at it because i just always tip too much yeah always i i did tip a bathroom attendant twenty dollars once <laughs> okay that was too much i yes. confidently said i know that. that it was too much i didn't mean to i grabbed the wrong bill <laughs> because bathroom attendants are super awkward they they make me confused and i don't need help peeing thank you but you need help with your mints i don't <laughs> So you pulled out a bill. It happened to be a twenty, and you felt. I, I too, dropped it in the. I dropped it in the thing, and you felt too bad about. And I'm like, I can't. You can't switch it out. Can't yeah. go back. Probably made that guy's day, though. I'm sure he was real happy to see that. He probably knew it was an accident. I don't care. Like it's fine. <laughs> the guy's job is standing in the bathroom giving people mints. Yeah, um, but it's such a weird job. I don't know if I've ever interacted with a bathroom attendant. Some of them get pushy. No, I mean, like, I don't know if I've ever been in a bathroom that had a bathroom attendant. Uh, I don't go to fancy enough bathrooms, do I? Airport bathrooms have them. Not airport bathrooms I've been in. I don't know if Austin does, but the Charlotte Airport, which I've been to a number of times, Uh definitely has bathroom attendants. Interesting. Sounds like a fancy airport. It's not that fancy. I've been to a number of airport bathrooms, and none of them have had bathroom attendants. Yeah. I mean, it's a bathroom attendant slash, like... Security Janitorial guard? service? Like, it's a guy who would, like, also has a mop somewhere. <laughs> um, I don't think it's security. Like, they don't, they don't feel like that. But they've got, like, towels. Like, not, like, hot, like, fresh towels, but they've got, like, a stack of paper towels that you can use. Right. And mints. I would, I would love, 
I'm sure I would love the experience of being at like a very fancy like black tie event mm-hmm. and having a very fancy bathroom attendant attends to my bathroom needs. That sounds pleasant. Yeah, I've had that too, and that is better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was the only time I've had like a fancy bathroom attendant was uh, on the top of a mountain in Breckenridge, Colorado. Uh, I was on a ski trip with my church group. Hmm. And we went to a super, there was, they had a super fancy restaurant you could go to that was like, you had to take a lift to get to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the top of the mountain. And you walk in and they take off your coat and your shoes and give you slippers that are heated. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. All restaurants should be <laughs> like this. <laughs> so they give you, so you're in like your, your snow gear. And they take all of that from you and give you like heated, like preheated slippers to slip your feet into. Um, and then you order, and I got like quail. It was fancy. I'd never had quail before. Ooh. But they had a bathroom attendant, and it was very fancy, like cloth towels, mouthwash, mints. Um, but it was also, so the difference between like a bathroom attendant in an airport and a bathroom attendant at a super fancy restaurant on the top of a mountain mm-hmm. is I was the only one in the bathroom. And so it could be like more of an interaction. Mm. When there's 30 people in the bathroom and they're all washing their hands and there's a bathroom attendant there, it's very confusing to me. Are you sure this was a bathroom attendant and not just like a guy standing there? He gave me a towel. Hmm. That's bizarre. But it was a, like it was a smaller bathroom. It was maybe like a two-seater. Yeah. Um, but <sighs> there was definitely a guy in there with towels and mouthwash. Kevin, all I want in the world right now is to go to a restaurant and have someone give, give me you heated, heated slippers. slippers. <laughs> what a, like, you talk about service. Like you're taking your snow boots off. Oh, your my ski boots. Gosh. Yeah, you just came in out of the cold on a ski lift. Mm-hmm. You're tired. And yeah. some, do they, like, wrap you up in a warm blanket? I don't too? think there was a warm blanket oh. involved. The, I want to open this restaurant. <laughs> Where it's just like, get fucking cozy. <laughs> like, you're going to sit on a nice, comfy chair, recline. We're going to give you a, a, a warm blanket and slippers to wrap yourself in. There's movie theaters like that now. Shove a cup of cocoa in your hands as soon as you walk in the door. <laughs> mm. Welcome. Here's your cocoa. Oh. And then you just eat like a big bowl of stew or something. Yeah. Hearty, yeah. hearty stew. If you go to if you go to like the same restaurant a lot, yeah, do you tend to get the same exact thing, or yes. do you like to like try new things off the I menu? I get the same thing ninety percent of the time, ninety eight percent of the time. Even if so, like that bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> so this 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 is something I like have strong feelings about because of my brother. Okay, um, I remember. Living in Massachusetts, I remember the first time a Panera showed up yeah. nearby. Yeah. And like we, we love Panera here on Unprepared. And like we went to Panera. Yeah. And my brother got the bacon turkey bravo. Cool. Which is a sandwich. Yeah. Sounds great. It's a good sandwich. It's fine. Uh he has never gotten anything <laughs> other than a bacon turkey bravo Panera for the rest of his life. <laughs> Since he was like 12. I mean, it sounds like it's, he knows what he wants. But like he walked in the first time. He said, that looks good. It was good. And now he will never try anything else. 
Like you can't convince him to eat anything else at Panera because he knows he likes that sandwich. That's it. I I I'm not that extreme, but I don't have a problem with that. That sounds crazy. Like maybe they don't have a better sandwich, <laughs> but you have to you have to find out if they have a better sandwich. Uh, not if that sandwich fills all of his needs. But you can't know if it fills them as well as something else might. It it meets his needs. I, it is a sufficient and necessary sandwich. <laughs> Does uh, he do that with other restaurants or just Panera? That's like his vibe. But like the Panera example is the, the extreme. Is the extreme. Whereas like if I if I go to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I will. I refuse to get this the same thing a second time. I have to try something else. Oh wow! Yeah, like there's the there's the uh, the coffee shop nearby, yeah. and I go there for like you know for breakfast or for lunch regularly, mm-hmm. and they have sandwiches. Like they'll make there's like a couple different sandwiches yeah. they make. And before I repeated sandwiches, I got every single sandwich. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, I know what all of the sandwiches are like, and some of them are better than others. And now, depending on my mood, I have all the information of necessary to make the right decision. But, like, I loved the first sandwich I got. It was, like, uh, roast beef and cheddar. Sounds good, great. It's a good sandwich. But, like, I also like the Cajun turkey sandwich. <laughs> and... If I'm in the mood for the Cajun turkey sandwich, I wouldn't know it because I wouldn't have had it. And I just go, yeah, the roast beef and cheddar is good. And it wouldn't be the best experience possible. (laughs) This is such a weird optimization thing for you. I'm an optimizer. I know, but still, (laughs) this is not what I expected. (laughs) It seems... (laughs) So the flip side of that is... um, Do you get food you hate very often? (laughs) Not often, because like okay. I don't. I mean, most the most of the time when I go like get food somewhere, it's at least like it's oh, it's fine food. I'm yeah, not fine food, but like it's decent food. It's adequate. So I'm not like getting gross things. Um, but if I so I have this thing with coffee shops. Mm-hmm. If I go to a new coffee shop for the first time, I only get a cappuccino. Okay, because I want to be able to judge. This coffee shop, the various based coffee on shops, ca- cappuccinos ba- based based on something. So yeah. I pick an arbitrary thing, and that thing happens to be cappuccinos because that, like the first time I had an espresso drink, I was like, that one seems fine, and it was a cappuccino. <laughs> and now every time I go to a new coffee shop, I get a cappuccino. Okay, and then, you know, but using this co- the coffee shop down the street for me as an example, like I get other stuff there when I, when I go. I yeah. don't always get a cappuccino, but a new place, cappuccino, cappuccino. That's how I can know how it ranks with all the others. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm I'm not to the extent that your brother is, mm-hmm. uh, but like I have typically like two or three things most from the restaurants I go to. So like uh, there's an Indian restaurant, uh, Tarka here in town that's really good, mm-hmm. and I order one of two things. I order the korma, or I order the tikka masala. Mm-hmm. Like those are my two. I get one of those two curries. And have you ever had anything but one of those two things? Yes. Once. And you've decided it doesn't meet the like it doesn't meet the requirements to be it, it one. It wasn't of your... as good as the cur- as the, the korma or the tikka masala. See, like that makes perfect sense to me. Like you tried <laughs> you tried things and ruled some out. You didn't just say 
The one thing I had was good. Well, yeah, but I started with the korma because I said I like kormas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try this korma, and it was good, and that's all I needed for a long time. Like, if I got rid of the tikka masala, I'd be like, okay, that's weird for an Indian restaurant to not have tikka masala, but sure. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, like, I mean, like Jason's Deli, I'd get a cow on a cracker, a.k.a. the New York Yankee, which is a quarter or half pound of pastrami. No, three quarters of a pound of meat, half pastrami, half corned beef with Swiss on rye. That's the only thing you get. I have ordered other things, but it's usually like from their specials menu. Like they've got a special. Yeah. So like that, I don't know. That sounds fairly reasonable to me. It's the, it's the unwillingness to accept that there could be something better. Yeah. But I, I also know what I like. And so I'm very particular about not ordering a thing if I don't think I will enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you don't like turkey sandwiches, so you would just never yeah. get a turkey sandwich. Uh, like there's, there's... Torchy's Tacos has tacos that I would probably never order. Because I look at that taco and I go, that's not a thing I'm going to enjoy. Sure. I, and, and I can agree with that. Like if uh, I don't particularly love mushrooms, so if yeah. like there's a thing on a menu that has a bunch of mushrooms in it, I'm happy to avoid it. I don't yeah. need to make to have that just so I can have had everything. Mm-hmm. But like, if I like, you know, like Torchy's is a great example. I've had, I've gotten tacos there a couple yeah. times and there's tacos on that menu I haven't had before. Yeah. And next time I go to Torchy's, I will try to make sure I have tacos I haven't had before. I've definitely ordered tacos from them and gone like, oh, this was a bad idea. But I, I yeah. can accept that and yeah. be like, oh, that's cost of playing the game. Yeah, but I, I want a taco I like. Right. That's what you're trying to find. Well, I know tacos that I like. There's but, at least four tacos that I do, love at Torchy's. But you don't know all the tacos you like. I don't need to know all of the tacos I like. If I know four tacos I like, but I'm never ordering more than two or three at a time. Information isn't valuable unless it's complete. Uh, that's wrong. <laughs> that's categorically wrong. I was hoping I could slip that one past you. <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent wrong. Yeah, that's really wrong. Um, yeah, they Torchies did a. Um, turkey taco mm-hmm. that was like fried turkey and stuffing and cranberry sauce and like a fourth or fifth thing mm-hmm. and i had it and it was l- just too many things yeah um, it was one of their taco of the months and their tacos of the month tend to have this problem where they're like we're gonna put this and this and this and this on a taco yeah I'm like, I need like three ingredients. Yeah, they just get too excited about it. Like uh, the the trashy trailer park is a good example of a very basic taco. What's in it? Um, fried chicken, queso, um, green chilies, and pico de gallo. That's all you need. That yeah yeah. And then you can I think there's a ranch or something you can pour on top of it, but I don't do that. Um, and I usually skip the pico de gallo. So like I, I mm. pair it under three ingredients. <laughs> yeah. And there's not like the fried chicken is like the thing. Yeah. In there. Yeah. And well, the, and the queso, the queso is what's trashy. Literally probably my favorite taco there is the bacon, egg and cheese taco. Very simple and, and plain yeah. taco. Yeah. Also the chorizo, egg and cheese, like very like. Yeah. People need to get more on board with chorizo than with bacon. Chorizo is like. Chorizo is pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not used to calling it chorizo. Uh, people down here call it chorizo. Whereas, what, what do you call it? I'm used to calling it chorizo. 
which is the uh, is it because your dad's well it's uh the the northeast has a lot of portuguese people oh. and there's no portuguese people down here there's a lot there of, are not a lot of spanish-speaking people. yes so it's trezo down here it's Cherise up north is it the same? Because there's a difference between man- Spanish chorizo and Mexican chorizo. I mean, it's like, it's, all chorizos are kind of different. Well, yeah, there's a lot of very, but like, uh, uh, Spanish chorizo is like a dried chorizo. Yeah. As opposed to like a Mexican chorizo, which is not. It's, um, no, it's, it's not like a dried chorizo. Yeah, like, uh. Spanish chorizo is distinctly different from Mexican chorizo. Oh, what did you... I had something to say. What did you say? Was it about tacos? Oh, ranch. Oh, ranch. So do you don't do... You don't put ranch on that taco? I don't put ranch on anything. Oh, thank God. <laughs> ranch is the epitome of gross tasteless american food <laughs> not not tasteless as in flavorless tasteless as, as in, in like undiscerning <laughs> garbage so you don't dip your pizza crusts in ranch i have this fight with people whenever i eat pizza around someone else and they're like where's the ranch dressing like i gotta get some ranch let me pour ranch all over this delicious pizza and it's there's no like there's there's nothing in the world that makes ranch compatible with pizza and but people in the south just think ranch should be poured on everything <laughs>